Let's pray. God, again, we just want to give you this time. You know all our cares and concerns and all our hopes and dreams, all the things that are on our mind that might distract us from hearing from you. And I just pray that you would set those aside, that whatever we need to hear from this passage today, we would hear from you uh, loud and clear. Please, God, just use me in spite of myself. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in life, you have to make all kinds of choices, right? And when, you, when you're making choices, a lot of times it feels like you have a left choice, a left choice or a right choice for you to make. Uh, and you, you've got to pick one or another when you come to a crossroad. Uh, sometimes choices are made for you, but there's only two options. You think about if someone's, you think, let me back that up. I'm out of order on what I was thinking. Uh, when you're going to make a choice, sometimes people flip a coin and I'm going to choose left or right. Or I'm going to choose uh, this job or this job or, or that career or this house or that house. You flip, but you only have two choices. You have heads or tails. There are no other options. When you uh, are going to be uh, betting on the Super Bowl, you have the two choices, Bengals or the Rams. There's no other options. There's no other teams. Yes, you can technically vote, uh, bet on both teams, but that's not what we're looking at today. We're looking at one or the other. Uh, I didn't bet any money on the Rams, but if I was going to bet, that's what I would have done. Uh, if you're going to go directions, this guy's got to make a decision. Am I going left or right? There's only two options. If you're going to have a baby, right, there are two sexes, the male and the female. You can have one of each. You can have multiple boys. You can have multiple girls. But there's only one or the other. So you get this idea of there's only two options. And a lot of times when you go through life, you feel like there's only two really good options. And it seems like an either or. Now, we have the situation of Paul and Barnabas, where Barnabas wants to take John Mark, and Paul says, there's no way I'm taking John Mark, and it looks like you have an either-or. You've got to go Barnabas's way, or you have to go Paul's way. But what we find today is that God works in people's lives in ways that we don't understand. He's not limited by, by your reasoning or your reasoning. He'll work through sometimes through both of your reasonings to accomplish what his will is. So we're going to start out here. Paul and Barnabas, they start on the same page. They are on the same side. Acts chapter 15, verse 36. It says, Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. You know, we've looked at before. These guys have been on a mission trip together. Uh, we look at this screen, and you see this boomerang shake and this little tail up here, all in black. That's what Paul and Barnabas did together on their first missionary journey. And Paul says, hey, it's been some time. We've got to go back and we've got to see how these new brothers are doing and these new churches are doing. Uh, you know, when they were there, Paul and Barnabas had some difficult experiences. They got run out of one area. They got threatened in another and another place. Uh, Lystra, they got, uh, Paul got stoned and left for dead. And I think they're feeling the concern of how are these people doing in these churches, these new believers in these new places. So they say, hey, Let's go back. Let's check on these guys. Let's see how they're doing. Um, they're going to need some help, some guidance. They're going to possibly have questions and situations in churches that we need to deal with. And they have two different ideas. Paul wants it to be a Paul and Barnabas team. Uh, Barnabas wants it to be a Paul, Barnabas, and John Mark team. And so from there, all of a sudden we have a conflict. Everything's going just fine until that name John Mark is brought up. Now they have Paul and Barnabas 
are on opposite sides. Acts chapter 15, verse 37, Barnabas wants to take John, also called Mark, with them. Now, uh, we, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with the story, uh, we didn't really look at this back in the original time, but uh, over here, you have John Mark saying, I've had enough. He, he, was, he came with Paul and Barnabas in Antioch. They hit, hit the seaport in Cilicia, and they came to Cyprus, and they ran all through the island to all the synagogues. But by the time they got back up here, John Mark says, I'm done. I'm quitting. I don't want anything left to do with this trip. I'm heading back home. And Barnabas is a guy who, who wants to take him along. Now, we don't know why John left. You know, maybe he got homesick. Maybe he got burnt out. Maybe he didn't. He got scared. He says, you know what? These last experiences of going through the synagogues is not something that I want to continue doing indefinitely. I'm done and I'm leaving. We have no idea why he left. He just left. And Barnabas says, I want to take this guy with me on our next missionary journey. Paul, he says, he says, there's no way I'm taking this guy. He didn't think it was wise to take him because he deserted them. He said, we already took him on this trip. We already probably nursed this guy along, got him to all the synagogues, tried to help him, and we drug him along the whole way, and he still left us. I don't, wanna, I don't want some rookie here that's not really interested in doing this. I'm not taking him with me the second time. Was it because he quit? Paul says, I don't want to take a quitter with me. Was it because this guy, Paul thought this guy's not spiritually motivated, he's not ready for this trip again? Or maybe Paul's thinking, I, this is tough love, right? You failed me the first time, you're going to have to learn at another point in life. Uh, whatever the case is, they're on separate sides. They're on the left and the right, the, the Bengals and the Rams, they're the boy and the girl, right? They're on the exact opposite sides of the equation. And you look at this and you say, how are we going to solve this problem? Uh, who's right? You know, things like that. They're at an impasse. They can't both be right, can they? Because you can't both take Mark and leave Mark at the same time, right? One of them is going to have to bend their will to the other and both say, it's not me. I'm not doing it. I am not going with John Mark. I'm not leaving without John Mark. I'm staying right here. I'm going to take him and we're going to go. So what do they do? Really the only thing you can do. They agree to part ways. Uh, verse 39 it says, uh, it says they, they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. They, they said, we can't do this together. We've obviously got to go at two separate times or two separate situations, but we cannot both take and not take John Mark together. Now, if this was, if we were reading through the New Testament Sunday school class, I would love to, to stop at this point and say, what do you think? Who do you think is right? Do you think Barnabas is right who wants to give John Mark a second chance? Or do you think Paul is right who says, I'm not trying again with this guy? I would love to hear, not now, but I would love to hear, what is your opinion? Because they both want to do what God wants them to do. They're both willing to go as a missionary. They're both willing to put their life on the line to, to share Jesus with people. But they just can't seem to figure out how to do it together. Who of them is right? It's hard to know, but as we go through this, maybe we will get a better picture as to what is uh, the right, who is, who's making the right, the right choice. And so we see, what do they do? Who goes alongside with them? Barnabas, it says, 
uh, verse 39, it says that such a sharp, sharp disagreement that they parted company, Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. Barnabas was willing to take a guy with an unproven track record. What do we know about John Mark? All we know about him is that he quit. That's not speaking too highly of John Mark. Like, let's bring this guy along. And the only information we have is that this guy quit on a mission trip. That's not a guy that I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a guy that I want to take. But Barnabas, it says, I'm going to do that. I want him to come with us. But his track record isn't speaking too highly, isn't speaking too well for him. But uh, Barnabas still wants to take him anyway. Now you can say Barnabas wants to take him along because John Mark is his cousin. Scripture points that out that John Mark is Paul's cousin. I mean, Barnabas is cousin. So he says, I'm going to take this guy with me and give him a second chance. But you know, you think about they're on this mission trip. They're trying to drag John Mark along the whole time. And John Mark quits. Well, that's got to hurt as family. You know, I've been trying to train this kid up to take over the company or to be on my company team. And then partway through the summer, we're in the middle of hay season or we're in the middle of calving season and all of a sudden this guy quits? A lot of people say, I'm not interested in missing, putting, investing any more time into this guy. And it would hurt. I think you would hurt any of us that has a family member who are trying to drag along and trying to help and then all of a sudden they quit on us. That's why I think Barnabas, when he's feeling like John Mark just quit on me, it has to hurt. He's got to go in, go in knowing that this could happen again. You know, Barnabas is putting himself in a tough situation because if he goes by himself with John Mark and John Mark quits on him again, who's Barnabas left to travel with? Nobody, right? It's just me and you, God. If John Mark quits, it's just me and God doing this. All of a sudden, nobody's got my back. All of a sudden, I have nobody to discuss or to, to trade uh, jobs with or anything like that. So, if Barnabas takes him, he's putting himself in a very tough situation. So why is he doing this? Well, perhaps he's thinking, John Mark knows what to expect now. You know, we've already traveled through uh, some of these places. Because if we look back here, uh, Barnabas and John Mark, they, they hit the same trail. They go back down to Cyprus. I mean, we don't hear anything else about their mission trip the rest of the way. I don't know if they came up all the way to every single church I don't know if they came here, went right back home. But maybe he's thinking, we know, John Mark knows exactly what to expect now, so maybe he's ready. Maybe he says, you know what? I'm going to give this guy a second chance. You know, he, he let me down the first time, but I'm going to give him a second chance. You know, Barnabas was known as the son of encouragement. He was a guy who's always living out his faith, always encouraging people, trying to bring people along. Uh, his real name was Joseph. But he got the nickname Barnabas because of the character that he displayed. You find the first, one of the first mentions of him in Acts chapter 4, where he sold a piece of property, he took all the money, and he brought it before the disciples to use however they needed. And he, that's where we find out he was called the son of encouragement. So possibly he's just trying to give this guy a second chance. Possibly he sees something in John Mark that he didn't see before, or he sees growth. You know, time has taken place. Maybe John Mark has come to him, said, hey, I'm really sorry, uncle or cousin, that I, that I left you back before, but if I ever get the chance, I would do it right. Maybe there's some of that going on. Uh, so it sounds really like Barnabas made the right choice. He chose a guy who, who was willing to 
who left them in the past and who was willing to go again. And so it sounds like Barnabas is making the right choice. But what about Paul? Did he make the wrong choice? Should he have stuck with Barnabas and John Mark and went through that whole journey one more time and took his chances? A lot of people will be on either side of this coin and will adamantly say Paul was right and Barnabas was wrong or vice versa. And I, that's why I said I would love to have discussion to see which of these people made the right choice because there's people on both sides of the aisle. We're going to come back to that a little bit. Paul, he says, I'm not taking chances. I'm not going with somebody with an unproven track record. I want somebody who's already proven himself because my goal is to, to win souls to the Lord. You know, I want someone who's going to stick by me through thick and thin. So he chose a guy by the name of Silas. You'll, you'll recognize that name when Paul and Silas were in jail in Philippi in Acts 16. They're singing in the middle of the night and all their chains fell off. And they leave the Philippian jailer to the Lord. So Paul, Paul and Silas are going to have lots of ministry experiences together. But Silas, what do we know about this guy so far? Not much unless you remember what we've read because we really didn't discuss it. In Acts chapter 15, 22, you find out that Silas was a church leader. Um, you know, when we discussed last week where Paul and Barnabas went up to uh, Jerusalem because there's all these Jews trying to tell the Gentiles you got to be circumcised and you got to follow the law. And they go up to uh, the disciples in Jerusalem. Well, they wrote a letter and says, hey, you guys, here's what you need to focus on. These four things. And, and then somebody's got to deliver this letter. Well, Paul and Barnabas, along with Silas and another guy, traveled together back to Antioch to talk to the people and pass along this letter. So Paul has some inter interaction. That's what I'm trying to build here. Paul has some interaction with Silas. They've been traveling on the road to get to Antioch. I'm sure they've had discussions. Paul's looking at Silas and says, I like this guy. This guy believes what he believes. This guy is willing to separate himself from possibly family. He's willing to go on the road. He's got a missionary's heart. He's probably thinking, if I can take this guy on a mission trip, I'm going to do it. So, so Paul takes Silas, a guy who was a proven church leader. Check mark one. He was a trusted messenger of all the people that were chosen that day. Silas was one of the few people who was sent with Paul to deliver this message. So he's trusted. He's proven himself in the church. He's trusted with the important information. And he is a prophet. Chapter 15, verse 32. Uh, it says, Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said, uh, said much to encourage and strengthen the brothers. He was a teacher. He was a well-spoken, well-proven teacher. He was somebody who, you know, it was caused churches to change through the speech that he said. He wasn't just some guy who got up and talked. He was the guy who moved people. And so he's got everything, I think, that Paul's looking for. Here's a guy who's already proven himself. Here's a guy who's willing to go on the road. Here's a guy who's willing to teach people. He's like, this is like the perfect guy to go on a mission trip. And so as you, go ahead, Barnabas, you take John Mark, the guy with the unproven track record who's already quit on us once. I'm going to take Silas, and I'm going to go, and we're going to accomplish something big. Silas and I have already proven ourselves. We know what God can do, and we're willing to take those steps to go and accomplish something for the Lord. Now, you look at those two guys. You know, if, if I was Paul... I'm not sure what I would be thinking about John Mark. I don't know if I have, 
that the patients to say, hey, you screwed up before, you left us in the middle of the job, to say, hey, let's try again. It's haying season, why don't you come back and we'll hope you stick around this time. In the middle of calving season at 4 a.m. when the 20 calves are all dropping at one time, right, and this guy leaves. I don't think I want that guy in my team. But I also don't know if I have what it takes to be Barnabas, who says, okay, I realize you left me, but I'm going to give you that second chance. I don't know if I have that kind of gumption that Barnabas does, because if he's out there all by himself, because he got left all by himself, he's got to finish this somehow all by himself. It says that, uh, verse 40, it says, Paul chose Silas and left commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. It says the brothers in that church said, hey, and it looks at the moment like Paul and, Bar Paul and Silas got the, the kudos or they got the good send off uh, for their missionary journey. So that gives you almost more reason to think Paul made the right choice. But I'd like to, to think that the church actually prayed and supported both of them. They, because there's no record here of the church trying to work out their differences or saying, Barnabas, shame on you. Good job, Paul and Silas. Uh, you don't see any interaction with God getting involved and saying, hey, you guys, make this right. So I'm, I'm, I want to believe that both sides were good. You know, it's like that's the third side of the coin that you can't see. You have, you have the heads and tails, but God says there's another option here. We're going to let you separate, but we're going to divide and conquer. We're going to do more separately than what they could have done together. Because if you look at the map, you find that if, if, uh, Paul, if uh, Barnabas and John Mark went down here, you find that they did something that, that uh, Paul and Silas didn't do. This green trail, this was his trail. He didn't even go to Cyprus. So they divided and conquered, and they got more accomplished by being separated. And God was willing to work through them. Now, if you're, if you're kind of curious... Uh, I did a little research to figure out what happened. How did this all turn out? You know, at, at this point, when they're just going separate directions, you have no idea how this is going to turn out. You're, gonna, you're not going to know if Paul's going to make it right or if Barnabas made the right choice. But through time, you finally come to the conclusion that possibly both were, were making the right choice. Paul refers to Barnabas in 1 Corinthians uh, about, about them being workers. It, they weren't working together, but he made a positive reference to Barnabas. Uh, so there's got to be something there that a relationship that's been mended or healed, or they still think highly of each other, even though they parted ways. So I say that's a good thing. Paul and Barnabas are still on the same side, working in different places for the Lord. But what about John Mark? Did he turn out? Did he quit on Barnabas again? Did he, did he ever amount to something? Did this second chance pay off for John Mark? Well, I'm here happy to tell you that it did. In Colossians, this is what Paul says about him. My fellow prisoner, Archicus, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. He says, you have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. John Mark is proving to be of value Yes, he was to Barnabas, but he's proving of value even to Paul. He says, if he comes to you, he's coming probably from me. Welcome him. He, you have instructions about this guy. He has made good choices in his life. In 2 Timothy, Paul's writing, he says, get John Mark 
and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. The guy that Paul says, I don't want to take that guy with me. I'm not taking any second chances. Barnabas says, I'm going to take this guy and look, he's helpful. Uh, he Bring him with you. I actually want him with me because he has proven value in the ministry. And then you find in 1 Peter that uh, John Mark has even benefited other people. Peter himself, uh, Mark has been a benefit to him. So this guy who looks like, yeah, he screwed up really, really bad, all of a sudden got a second chance and he did something with it. Yes, Paul didn't want to take him and go through that. Barnabas said, yes, I want to take him. And we're going to bring this to today uh, in, in, a, in a minute or so. Uh, we're not going to look at it through the lens of, hey, we're, we're, we're going to review a mission trip we just went on. Because I, I didn't just go on a mission trip, and I can't say I took somebody with me through all these places. But I want to pick a modern-day example and talk about how there's more than one way to do things. And there's two sides, and people don't always agree. And what's the best way to handle that? So we're going to picture that we're having a church meeting right now. I stopped the message, and I said, hey, let's have a church meeting. You know what I'd like to do? This summer, I'd like to do an outreach program to reach the people of Plevna. In 2022, I'd like to, to go and get people from out there and lead them to the Lord. You know, we have new people over here. There's new people throughout town. Let's reach them for the Lord. And everybody says, yeah, I'm so excited. That's such a great idea. Guess what we are right now? We are all on the same page. We all say it's a good idea to go out there and bring people to the Lord. But then somebody makes it a little bit tougher. They say, excuse me, how are we going to do that? And all of a sudden, we have, we have people saying on this side of the aisle, we're going to say, I'm going to call it the north and the south, because uh, that's what I have written down. The north says, well, I know how we're going to do it. We are going to get a, a speaker. We're going to get David Jeremiah. Okay, we're going to get him, and we're going to have music, and we're going to have goodies in the back, and we're going to go to the post office and put up flyers and go to the school, and we're going to go door to door, and we're going to knock, but we're going to have an event here on July 15th, 2022, and hopefully all these people are going to show up. Sounds like a great idea, right? This side, yep, you, we, we've got a great plan. Well, this side says, you know what? I don't think that's the best option. I think the best option is to go to the park and do an outreach there. We can have free food, we'll get Steve's barbecue set up there, we'll get picnic tables, and we'll get somebody who can play some music, and we'll have a bouncy house, and we'll, we'll just have conversation with people. That's all we're gonna do, we're not gonna get a guest speaker, we're just gonna go have a meal. And we're gonna invite people through the, we're gonna go through the whole thing of going door to door, but we're not gonna invite them to church, we're gonna invite them to the park. And this side says, man, that's such a great idea, I love that idea, let's do that. And then all of a sudden, what do we have here? No, -uh. we want people to come to church. We've got to keep up. We've got to get them in the doors. Because ultimately, whether you start here or you start there, we want people here. So both sides can agree on that. But this side says, you know what? We're, we're just going to, we want it this way. We want it this way. And all of a sudden, we have people on opposite sides. Now, what can happen during that time? Well, you can have people who are mad at each other who are talking bad about each other, who are saying that site's stupid and these people don't know what they're doing and, and back and forth. Or you can recognize that they're, try both. This site says, you know what, we're going to get David Jeremiah, we're going to prove these people wrong, and we're going to pack the place out. And this side can say, we're going to go to the park, and we're going to reach people there. 
Paul and Paul and uh, Paul and Barnabas. They had two different ways of doing things. I want to bring John Mark. I want to bring Silas. God didn't say you're right and you're wrong. Just like in our church, if we had a north side and a south side, we couldn't say you're right and you're wrong or you're right and you're wrong. They're just different. They're just two different views of trying to bring people to the Lord. Both ideas are good, but both ideas are different. <clears throat> One might work better than the other. You might have a rainy, poor, crummy day at the park, and you might have boatloads of people here. Or it could, you might have nobody here and you have a beautiful day at the park. You might have, who knows what the results are going to be. But that's not the point. I'm not worried about that. The point is that there are different ways of doing things and maybe allow both to be an option to try to work out. Because God can work through this church. God can work through the park in order to bring people to Him. Now, we may not be able to decide right now who's right, Paul or Barnabas. Right? Because there's still lots of pros and cons to both of their choices. John Mark brought Barnabas, and ultimately it, it helped Paul. Paul took Silas, and they accomplished probably more in a different direction than had they brought John Mark. But God worked through both different ways to do something. We may not be able to decide which way is better, in the church or at the park. Uh, but I want to I point out in the next couple of minutes five take-home truths from this passage. You know, usually when I, uh, Leslie comes up with a, like some kind of quote down here for me, and she's asking me, well, what's it about? What's the sermon about? And like, I can't narrow this down to one thing. Usually I try to have one thing and say, let's go uh, with this theme all the way through. Uh, and so it was a lot harder to pick something. So I have five things that, in a sense, one of these five is going to apply to you. So you, you, you pick out the one that hits you and you hang on to that one and, and let God speak to you through that. Five different truths that I, I find in this passage and there's probably more. Uh, the first one is that God is bigger than our problems. You know, Paul and Barnabas did not agree about who, whether or not to take John Mark or not. They went separate ways. God wasn't, oh no, all of a sudden, what am I going to do here? He says, okay, I can work with that. You go this direction, you go direct that direction, and you accomplish both. In a church where, where they want the indoor and the outdoor outreach, God doesn't say one way or the other is better. He's not frazzled and worried. He says, do both. God is bigger than our problems. Every problem that you're facing, but especially in this, this kind of problem, God is bigger than your problem. Truth number two, God cares about everyone. You know, God didn't point out that Barnabas was right and Paul was wrong or vice versa. Paul cared about Paul's heart. God cared about Paul's heart. Make sure I said that right. He cared about the fact that he was determined to go get the gospel as far as he could go as often as he could. And he blessed them. He says, okay, you take Silas and you go. But God cared about Barnabas too. He cared about his heart, his encouraging heart of wanting to take along somebody else who had led him down before. And so God blessed them and said, okay, go ahead, Barnabas, you go. But God also cared about John Mark. John Mark who quit. God didn't say, you're one and done and you're out of here. God worked it out so that John Mark could get one more chance. And John Mark proved himself. God cares about everyone. Whatever, whatever, whether you're the person who's always succeeded or always been wholehearted in ministry or you're the person who's like, kind of like, I didn't put my whole effort into it, God cares about every one of us. Whatever side of the coin, the five-sided coin you find yourself on. 
God works in ways and people in ways we don't understand. You know, Paul and Barnabas, obviously, they might have understood what each other wanted, but they couldn't agree on doing it each other's way. They had to pick one side or the other, and they would not do it. And it probably made each of them mad and frustrated that they weren't going my way to do my ministry, my way. But God works in ways in, in people's lives that we don't understand. I don't get, why in the world do you guys want to go to the park? Nobody could show up. You know, we're going to give away free food, and we're not going to tell them, we're not going to like preach at them? That doesn't make sense. Maybe it does. You know, there's a church planner that, that's where I got the idea from, is from a church planner, and that's what he does. He doesn't do the typical way of, hey, let's start it, let's get people here and have a building, and then try to get people to come. He goes and just sets up at a park, and he has food, and he has conversations, and through that he develops relationships, tells them about Jesus, and ultimately they become part of the church. But both sides might look and say, that doesn't make any sense to me. That's okay. We are all different. God does different things in different people's lives. Now these next two truths deal more with Paul and Barnabas than with our North and South church ministry outreach idea. But they're still true. Sometimes it's important to give people a second chance. Right? If somebody lets you down, the kid on the ranch that bailed on you during the harvest season or during cabin season, it might be a good idea to give that person a second chance. But think about the person in ministry. Uh, I've, I've told you about a guy that I had uh, in youth group. They wanted to do a lesson for the youth group back in Davenport. I gave him a chance. Guess what he did? He let me down. And this, I was prepared, thankfully, because I thought that could happen. But the second time, guess what he did? He came through. Right? It's very difficult. I mean, for me, for that, for, for, for wanting to do a lesson, because I didn't ask him to do it, he asked if he could, and then he let me down, that makes me mad. Uh, so it's, it's a tough thing to do to be like a Barnabas, but sometimes it's good to give people a second chance. Anybody here perfect? Anybody here got it right every time, every, first time every time? No, I haven't either. So it's good to give people a second chance. But sometimes you feel like such a failure. You know, you're the person who failed I left the job, I, I left the ministry, I, I wasn't prepared for the youth group lesson. It's easy to say, well, God can't use me anymore. I'm all done. Well, I want to remind you, John Mark, sometimes it's important to take the second chance. You know, yeah, you, yeah, yep, you screwed up last time, make sure you try again, make sure you get it right. Don't say my past failures define me. You just overcome those and accomplish what John Mark did. He ended up being of great value to Paul who didn't want anything to do with him. So if you are the person who's the failure, say, okay, I failed. That was yesterday. I can't do anything about it except prove myself moving forward. So there's, there's lots of ministries out there. There's lots of different ways to do them. There's not the right way and the wrong way. There might be a better way or an even better way. I, I don't know. But that God, God can work through you in the way you want to do things. Even if I don't understand or I don't agree with it, God can work through every one of us. So I want to encourage you, you know, these five things. Remember, God's bigger than your problem. You know, uh, the situation that we're dealing with in a ministry, God cares about everybody's hearts, not just mine. Uh, God works in ways in people that we don't understand. And if you find yourself in these situations of somebody needing a second chance, maybe give them a second chance. And if you need that second chance, take that second chance. 
Just be a support rather than a hindrance to the ministry that somebody wants to do. And let's, let's bless God. Let's praise God that He wants to use us at all and ask God to work through us in spite of us. And He would, he would pray that this side succeeds and this side would pray that this side succeeds because it's all for the glory and the ministry of God. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, I do thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for John Mark, who was a failure, but who kept going, who tried again. I thank you for Barnabas being willing to give him a second chance. I thank you for Paul's determination to succeed the first time every time. You know, I look at these two guys, and I, I can't decide who was right or who was wrong. I know, God, that you were right because you worked in each of their ministry lives. Let us be a church, God, that's open to each other's views of, of how to do things and come together to accomplish what ministries that you have for us to accomplish and the outreach that you might have us to do. I thank you, God, for these, these people here today. I pray that you bless them for coming uh, and just for taking the time to, to listen to what your word has to say. Please help us, God, to put this into practice. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.